Hey, ringers, you are listening to an older episode of the Put a Ring on It podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you're on a total binge and this is your 50th, thank you. You are already a ringer in our hearts. You'll hear more about ringers in future episodes. And you'll hear in season six that we launched a Patreon community for amazing ringers just like you. But because this is an older episode, you're not yet privy to that information. And we didn't want you to miss out, so please accept our invitation to join us at patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash P-A-R-O-I. Patreon is a membership platform that allows amazing listeners like you to support fun-loving creatives like us in a really big way. Yeah, you can become a supporter for as little as two bucks a month, and we've got some amazing benefits for you, like getting your questions answered, one-on-ones with Danielle and I, and a ton more. All are welcome, and we can't thank you enough for your support. Okay, now on to the show. Today's show is brought to you by Still White the world's largest wedding dress marketplace with over 30,000 gently used dresses to choose from. This is the Put a Ring on It podcast. I'm Danielle Pasternak, wedding planner of DP Knack Weddings and fellow bride-to-be. And I'm Daniel Moyer, wedding photographer of Daniel Moyer Photography, husband, father, and I make the best scrambled eggs in the entire world. The Put a Ring on It podcast is for brides, grooms, and anyone involved in planning a wedding who wants the confidence to pull off an amazing wedding celebration with their most favorite people on the planet. Every other week, we share practical planning advice, insider tips, and behind-the-scenes stories from our own adventures in the wedding world. We pull back the veil and have honest conversations about real things, about stressful things, and about all the things that go into planning a wedding. Are you ready? Let's do this. And we're back! Season five, pew, pew, confetti cannons, fireworks in the distance. We really increased our budget this year. Yeah. <laughs> I got one of those MIDI keyboards next to me that's like got all the sound effects and all things. All the sound so effects. Plug it right in. Like, um, like I've got this really good one. That's the, um, uh, the DJ horn. It's really yeah. loud. <laughs> Pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, that's. I mean, it was, I'd give it like a seven out of ten. <laughs> Already, season five off with a bang, not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, for anybody who's new listening to this uh, podcast, I'm Danielle. That's Dan. And yep, we are two people that work in the wedding uh, industry, and we like to talk about the industry that we work in. And ultimately, yeah. we just like helping couples and helping people plan killer events yeah listen out there there's a lot of stuff a lot of uh noise that makes you think uh uh that you'll have a lot of fomo if you don't do all these things and do all the things and spend all the money on all these little things and we're here to kind of cut through some of that and say that um weddings are a joyous occasion that have many different forms um and however you want to do it is exactly how you're meant to do it and it's gonna be awesome right our job is to or our goal our goal is to sort of cut through some of the bs stuff that we see and really make you step back and question why you're doing certain things and have honest conversations about 
you know, where you're headed and, and what you want to do, because it is so easy to look back on it and be like, whoa, that was a whirlwind. We just spent a lot of money, uh, all these different things. And we just we just want to talk through it and we want to help you so that you are going through the process as confidently as possible. I think that's like my biggest thing with it. You know, so maybe there's just one short story to illustrate this concept, right, of doing exactly what you want, knowing your people and doing what you can, right? Um, This past weekend, a friend of mine got married. Uh, They got married down in Virginia at this giant camp uh, in a state forest or whatever. So there's there's like a a kitchen area. There's a a pavilion. There's, you know, all these different um, huts and camps and all and and cabins that people can just stay in. So literally a hundred people, 200 people can just come there um, and stay over. And the vision they had for their wedding was just a time where everybody could come together and have fun. Um, They actually got ready in the same house together. They didn't see each other, but they did a first look. They got married in like this little camp area. They stood in the fire pit Um, later uh, during the reception. They didn't do a first dance. They didn't do any cake cutting. They didn't do a garter bouquet toss. They literally had a couple of people who were very close to them do some speeches. Um, My friend made a speech. He stood up there and and had like a really beautiful little speech. They didn't do a first dance. Um, And then they had like a pizza truck show up and they they made pizzas for everybody. They had pie uh, for dessert. And then they just started dancing. And that was it. That's exactly what they wanted. And, you know, traditional sense might say, oh, well, if you don't do all these formalities, people aren't going to know what to do. They're not going to be there's not gonna be any form or structure people won't dance because they don't don't know any of these things and they knew their people and they did exactly what their heart's desire was and it was awesome it was such a good time you know so do what you want yeah (laughs) you do you (laughs) to summarize (laughs) so i i guess when we when dan and i first started this podcast back in uh 2016 yeah, I think so. Yeah. So when we first started this podcast, the second episode we did, episode 002, was called It's Your Party yep. for Everyone Else. And if you can see on your phone or wherever you're listening to this podcast, that's the name of this episode now, too. And we um, went back this summer and listened to that episode again because I think it's one that really drives at the core of what we believe and what this podcast is about. But we also realize that it's the second episode we ever recorded. And it probably took us a good five hours to record it. And yep. it's just not the best way to get across what we've been trying to say and articulate. Yep. So we're redoing it. I'm not redoing yep. it. We're we're diving deeper into it. Yeah, we're going to expand on it a little bit more, right? Yeah, because in that episode, we basically broke it down to five things that you can do uh, to make it a good experience for, for everyone else, uh, which was like, timeline website out of town guest bags hiring a coordinator and personalizing your wedding which to me they're just five very random things now (laughs) yeah they're just they're such general statements that that we thought we'd actually just come back revisit this and really unpack it for people um and just do a better job of of articulating ourselves and getting our point across a little bit yeah. more. Okay. Cause we we're a little bit more experienced now, a little bit <laughs> more experienced now. Yeah. So what do we, what do we mean when we say it's your party for everybody else? Yeah. So I think Danielle. there, like I've said in many other podcast episodes, but there's three things you actually need, need to get married. You need a wedding license, marriage license, someone to marry you, someone to marry. And then for bonus points, maybe a cute outfit. But those three things 
are your three things you need in order to get married. You don't need a cake. You don't need flowers. You don't need the veil. You don't need, you don't need so many of the other things. Everything else is the party. Yep. And so it's the, everything else. The wedding day is actually a luxury is what we're saying, right? Like exactly. you just, you don't need it. Um, so it can take any form you want, right? right? And one of the things that we like to talk about on that first episode was like, think of your entire guest list, right? How many people you're going to invite. Chances are that you are one to 2% of your guest list. You and your you are very yep. Yep, that's it. You guys are one to 2% of your guest list. So taking into account all these other people, taking into account all these other people and and designing an experience in your style for them to just enjoy themselves and have fun. It's a day off for them too, right? So you can in, in create an experience for them to just come and enjoy themselves and have fun um, and let loose or to um, relax, whatever you want it to be, right? Right. And yes, Dan and I recognize that this is your wedding. We're not saying, hey, let everybody else dictate how this is going to go. You are in control, ultimately, and hopefully, of how this day is going to pan out. But to approach it in a way that you're keeping in mind that you and your your, your fiance, your partner, truly, like Dan said, make up one to two percent, if not less, of, mm-hmm. of your guest list. And it's important to take into account the other 98 to 99% of it all. And yep. especially, Dan, you've said this before, how often in your life, in, in each of your lives, will all of your family members and friends in that group be together in one room for a joyous occasion? Like, yep. really step back and think about that. So while you can create this day that is is 100% surrounded and focused on you, you can still do it in a way that gives all of those 98, 99% other people a really great experience. And this doesn't mean uh, super expensive experience. It does not need to include acrobats with monkeys handing out your pigs in a blanket. It just needs to be a great experience. Yeah. Does that make sense? So you need to, yeah, absolutely. So you need to create a guest experience that reflects you as a couple, right? And I think that starts with with figuring out your why, right? Like you have this, like what's your mission statement, right? Yeah. So when Rachel and I were getting married, there was like our top three things were um, basically our, our like guest experience, um, food and entertainment, um, and then good photography, right? Those were our main things. Um, so we every decision we made, we held up to those things. That's, that's what we wanted, right? Um, I'm a very visual person. So when it came to like the party, I wanted it to look like how it felt, right? So that's why I, I invested in things like uplighting and breakups and, um, you know, lights that went around the room and uh, confetti cannons and all these things, right? Like uh, to some people that just doesn't make the list. Um, but that was part of our why. We wanted people I'm the youngest in my immediate family and my extended family. So everybody coming there has kids and is older than me and all these different things. And when I asked them, you know, what, what do you guys think about kids coming to the wedding? A lot of them said, you know what? We're okay if, if we want to leave our kids at home. Um, <laughs> we'll be fine for, with a parent's night out. And I was like, okay. So then we, we took that as part of our um, driving force and designed a wedding experience, designed a day around just letting people have fun and let loose, you know? Yeah. I think 
So for those of you who listened to our pre-season announcements, uh, mm. I got engaged this summer. Woo-hoo. Yes. Um, and I actually get to participate in this conversation in a very new way now because so Dan and I are very different human beings. And so Dan was all about just this, having this huge party. And uh, right now, and I say this because it, nothing is set in stone, so it may very well change. <laughs> but as of right now, bear with me, guys. Uh Mike and I have pretty much said from the get-go that like we just sort of want something very low-key. Uh, yep. As much as I love to dance, there probably won't be dancing because we're just going to keep it super small. Um, and the most important thing for us is to just get married and ideally take our families out to a really nice dinner. That's kind Quality of, time. Yeah, it's... It, that's really that's what we keep going back to is like we just want it to be i would ideally love for it to be in a beautiful setting uh but really i could marry him in a courthouse and be content except for the fact that not all of our people fit in the courthouse (laughs) or the city hall (laughs) seriously but 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 looking at both of those two things right two opposite ends of the spectrum neither one is right or wrong right of course you know, like well, it, I mean, it's mine's exactly a little what... more right, Dan. I mean, I'm just... <laughs> a burn. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course, it, but it's it's what makes sense f- for you as a person and for you as a couple. And I think yeah. it's easy, um, and it's easy for me, especially as a planner and what I do. And don't get me wrong, I love putting together huge events. I don't love being the um, spotlight of huge events. So mm-hmm. this is why I'm going this route. But yep. for me, it's it's so easy to. Uh, to see all these things and I go, but Danielle, if you don't do this big wedding and if you don't do dancing, like Danielle, you've always dreamed about dancing with your dad at your wedding and you've always thought about your first dance and you've always thought about your introductions. And if I think about it, I haven't always thought about those things. They're things that have come up and I will always get teary-eyed when I see a father-daughter dance or even a first dance. But I can't have it all. I can't have a super small wedding and have a massive band that plays at my wedding. It's just not proportionate. So it's about, though, stepping back and saying, well, wait, what do I really want? I want a moment with my dad when I get married, and my mom, actually, that's just really special. I can still make that happen. So getting back to the why of it all, and the why of, well, what if I don't do this thing, how will I feel about it? Getting back to that why is, you'll, you'll be able to see a clearer path of, oh, well, I just want this, so why don't I just do this other thing instead, instead of having to go this route of having to do something that I'm not really comfortable with. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess that's also a, a perfect example of like when, when it's really easy to get like outside, uh, persuasion, right. Yes. Uh, and like people telling you what to do or, or looking at somebody else's wedding and say, Oh, I need to do that. And then trying to one up them or show off to your friends or whatever that is. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, I mean, you're in the Pinterest world right now. Right. So. Right. And that's what, like when we say it's your party for everyone else, it's not about impressing the 98, 99% of your guest list. It's about giving them a good time. It's not about who can Pinterest the best or who can spend the most money. It's yeah. about the, the time and the consideration that you put into planning an event that gives the best guest experience your budget can allow. And that can mean a five-star, four-course meal on the top of Mount Everest or just a really good hot dog with like all the fixins, all the toppings. Is it fixins when it's a hot dog? 
Fixins? That sounds right. Fixins sounds about right. I don't feel like I have the authority to speak on hot dogs because I don't eat hot dogs. I definitely don't have the authority to speak on hot dogs. That's (gasps) That's true. And uh, that's not to say like it's not that I'm too good for hot dogs. I just really hate the taste of hot dogs. (laughs) I just don't eat meat so I don't eat hot dogs. That's okay. You know, this actually reminds me of the wedding we did in February where um, the couple had a, a person, a magician, dressed in a suit walking around during the cocktail hour uh, doing magic tricks as if he was a guest and kind of just like like really blending in. And it was just such a fun, cool way of like thinking about your guests in the future, right? Like thinking about the experience that they're going to have um, and designing it around them, right? Like if if it's all about you as the couple – constantly like why would you make that decision to have a guest uh a magician dressed as a guest walking around doing magic tricks for your friends and family right? right and it was just such a cool thing to see all these people literally light up or like have their minds blown as this guy's doing these crazy sleight of hand tricks and everything right in front of you right it was just such a an amazing experience that like really thinks outside of the box of what we normally think of as like the wedding day stuff Right. And I think it's also easy to get sort of sucked into this um, this world because we live in the age of social media where everything and anything is being shared that especially if you're of the age where all of your other friends and family are also getting married and you are constantly seeing the photos on Facebook and Instagram and all this stuff. um, I think it's so easy to be like, well, I just want my photos to look really good so that when like my cousin Amy sees it, she'll be like, oh, wow, her wedding was like really good. Like it's I I get that like none of us are crappy people, right? We're all pretty decent human beings. But I know I'm not the only one in my head that goes, oh, well, I want to go on a vacation like to someplace tropical because they went on a vacation and that looked like a lot of fun. And, you know, I mean, then I can post pictures of my vacation. And I think it 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 easily goes across the board with all kinds of different life events. And it's hard not to want to make it better. You know, it's, I don't know. Do you you get what I'm saying? Like it's, but I think if, if you, if that's your driving force and that's your why, it's okay to have those thoughts and then let them go and be like, no, no, focus on the why focus on, focus on what we're doing here. It's that's when you let go of those like, less than decent <laughs> human <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. You know, I want to talk about this more, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Okay, Dan, I want to take a moment to talk about our sponsor for today's episode, which is Still White. Ooh, I'm on the edge of my seat. Let's hear it. <laughs> So when it comes to finding your perfect wedding dress, and Dan, I know you struggled with this too, you can really search tirelessly day and night trying to find like a dress that's beautiful, but also affordable, right? That's key. So Still White is the world's largest wedding dress marketplace with over 30,000 gowns to choose from. They have designers like Vera Wang, Beholden, one of my favorites, Sarah Seven, and so many more, like so many more. And you can expect to save around 50%, like half, off of a gorgeous gown that was really only previously worn for a few hours and obviously dry cleaned. And when I was searching, I actually saw some that said completely brand new. What? Wait, all right. So... So tell me a little bit more about how this works then. Yep. So sellers will go and create a profile on Still White, upload their pictures of the dress and all the details. From there, buyers can search by designer, size, price, and style to see everything that's available for them at a fraction of the usual cost. Okay. So say that I've found my perfect dress. Mm -hmm. Now what happens? Well, you're going to look gorgeous. Let me just say that. But... (laughs) 
Still White offers a safe and secure way to chat about the dress with the seller. So you can ask them questions and you can get, you know, ask them specific measurements. And from there, if the seller's local, you can arrange a time and place to meet and maybe even try the dress on. Or if not, you can opt to have it shipped using PayPal and a super safe tracking number. And when your wedding's over, as opposed to having your gown take up precious real estate in your closet, you consider selling it back and making a few extra bucks back. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> so visit stillwhite.com slash put a ring on it to learn more and start shopping today. S-T-I-L-L-W-H-I-T-E dot com slash put a ring on it. Okay, now back to the show. And we're back. Okay, so we're talking about this episode about how it's your wedding for everyone else or it's your party for everyone else. And I think when we say everyone else, it comes down to knowing who your everyone else is. It's those people that are on your guest list, those people that are at the top of your guest list, those people that make up your tribe that are going to be there on your wedding day, supporting you, loving you, cheering you on, booging with you on the dance floor so on and so forth loving on you and that does not mean that and this is where that FOMO thing comes in right Um, when you are searching on Pinterest or Instagram or that fabulous TV show that you watched um, or movie that you watched or whatever first of all weddings that you see on Pinterest or like the the inspiration shoots you see on Pinterest are exactly that they are a, a photo shoot that was set up that the scale is a lot smaller than the whole wedding, right? So it, it's to scale what they have done up to your wedding would be nearly impossible. So sometimes like these things, it just doesn't make sense to model your your wedding after something that is so uh, unrealistic. Does that make sense? And unattainable. I mean, unattainable. Right. And I guess obviously listening to this, we don't know your specific budget, but for most average people's, average couple's budget for the wedding um it's 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 incredibly unrealistic when you start talking about scaling it to get it up to even like 50 100 guests it's not even like if you're trying to get to 300 guests even to get it to just a smallish wedding of 100 guests it's really hard um to do it on any sort of i would say average budget though i really don't like using that word (laughs) (laughs) there's an average budget though there's a typical budget um i feel like if you for different areas of the country or whatever, but right. um, we're assuming you're not planning a million seven figure event, I guess is when Dan and I talk about this stuff. Yeah. So um, but if even you are, if you are props to you. <laughs> yep. But I still think that means that even if you are, you should know yourself as a couple, right? Yes. Like you can, you can have like a big, super crazy baller wedding but afterwards, when you're looking at your wedding album, you still want to see uh, a picture of um, your dad crying with you or uh, as you dance, you know, your your father daughter dance or um, your mom belting out the the song that she loves uh, to you as you're you're dancing with her or whatever it is. Right. Um, so that doesn't that doesn't change the fact that it's still a wedding day. There's still uh, things you want to celebrate and that that is still the the apex the pinnacle of the wedding day experience is those those relationships that you have not the stuff right and my one of my favorite sayings about photography on wedding days is that laughter and tears make great pictures for sure 30 years from now those are the great pictures 100 percent. oh my gosh yeah 
that and the pictures of your like grandparents for me, I always have this picture of my grandma in my head wearing those super pointy bras because that's what they <laughs> were. <laughs> Laughter, tears, and pointy bras, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but no, it, it, it is. I, I think you can't, when we say know your guests, you also can't approach it and, and remove yourselves from the equation either. So if all of your guests are all about the ritzy, glitzy, glam, uh, you know, uh, country club and just creme de la creme, but you are country outdoor loving people, then that's where you have to find the balance of what is this wedding going to look like? That it's still us, that it still is a reflection of who we are as a couple, but it takes into account the uh, experience of, of the people that we have coming. Um, yeah. I think if you design anything around your personal style, you will not, you can't go wrong. Right, 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 right. I, I think though it's also, I also want to talk about the fact though that um, you want to approach it from a sense of, of, of being hospitable, right? Right. So when you talk about knowing your guests, don't plan a standing cocktail hour reception that lasts three hours when half of your guests are in their 60s or older. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, yep. that might be your style and you can have that style at any, you know, any event you go to or things that you host, but you have to take into account that if, if, if most of your guests are older, they're going to want to sit, yeah. you know? And yeah. those are the things we meet. Like don't put a bunch of like overly excited sugar filled kids in a super fragile art museum gallery wedding. <laughs> <laughs> You're asking for stress that you don't want. <laughs> yeah. Huh. What's another one? Don't ask, don't have a food truck wedding if most of your guests have never eaten at a food truck or have ever even heard of what a food truck is. They will be confused. Hmm. Yeah, I guess you, I guess if you can ask yourself two questions about your, the people who are coming to your wedding, what do they like and what do they enjoy? Right? Right. That's what, Oh, I, mean, I get to share another little snippet here. Ooh. So, that's so exciting. <laughs> so, I was initially considering doing something like more destination. Initially, this this all happened four weeks ago. So. <laughs> but you know, the first few hours, I was like, let's do something destination. Just give our give our immediate families again. I'm thinking 15 people here, so nothing extravagant, but just find a cool spot for our guests to have a week long vacation somewhere together. But what what we sort of um, came down to was the fact that our families, I don't think, would necessarily vacation well together. They're both wonderful families, but they have very different like lifestyles and how they work. We all like having our own space, us included. So having one big house for everybody to hang out in is not a great idea. And I don't <laughs> personally think I can handle my family for a week. <laughs> like... I love my family, but after a few days, I'm good. So I started realizing that I was planning an event that I wanted to s not say I had, but I was like, oh, this could be so cool. But then when I was like, but wait, is my mom and dad going to like that? Like, are, are, right. are, are they going to want this overall experience? And what it came down to is probably none of us actually wanted the overall experience. And I think it also came down to the fact that I just need a vacation, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And like, 
I feel like what I'm what I'm hearing there is don't overcomplicate it, right? Mm-hmm. Just just keep it simple, right? Kiss, right? Keep it simple, stupid. Make right. it as easy as possible for your guests. Just keep them super informed, right? Give them the information that they need via the invite, via the wedding website, via welcome bag. So there's just everybody knows, everybody gets it. What they need to do, where they need to be, how they need to be, that's it. Super simple, you know? Exactly. The more you can do to sort of make the process to, from, and while they're there easy and idiot proof, the better. Right. Because, you know, if you've got a tricky spot, like if your venue's in a really tricky spot to get to or the traffic can be a nightmare, then consider doing some sort of group transportation where you set it up. You tell them, hey, be there, be in the lobby, the hotel lobby at this time or this time. And you can hop on a bus and it'll take you right to the venue. When the wedding's over, you can hop on the venue, take you right back to the hotel. Easy. Guests. Yep. Love that. The uh, if you are if you have a lot of out of town guests, set up a room block. Say, hey, guest, we love you. Here's two, one or two hotels that are going to be nice and close, easy to get to. We're going to set up transportation, whatever it is. Make it easy for them. Yep. Uh, the wedding that I was at this past weekend, the, my friend's wedding that I, I mentioned before. Right. The camp it was, wedding. yep, the camp wedding. Um, there was zero cell phone service at the the area itself, at the um the venue? The whole grounds. Well, it wasn't oh. just the, the venue. It was like this whole grounds. My friends really had to think about everything up front and give them all the information, how to get there, um, you know, directions plus a an address, um, you know, what time everything was going to happen, what they needed to bring. Uh, there was, you know, at night there's not much light, so bring a flashlight, all these different things. And I think even if even if you know that there's going to be cell phone reception or whatever, literally think about everything from the guest perspective and lay it all out for them. You know, right. they had to do it because you could not text or get in touch with anybody while you were in there. But it was kind of great because everybody was really close and, and there for the weekend anyway. But think about it from that perspective. If if nobody could get a hold of you or anybody else on the wedding day, nobody could get a hold of their friends, how would they know where and when and what yes. to do? Right. Because Think about as, it from that perspective. Right. Because as you plan this wedding, it's going to be easy as the person in sort of leading the charge on the plans to get very much in your own head. You will have all of the details, all of the information just swirling around in your noggin. And it's so hard to remember that not everybody else has all the information that you're currently working with. So no. while to you, obviously, the, 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 the ceremony starts at 4 p.m. We've been talking about this for months. How do you not know the ceremony starts at 4 p.m.? They don't remember because they left their invite at home on their fridge. They've had it on their yep. fridge. They didn't think to memorize the time of the ceremony. <laughs> and they, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's just one of those things that it's, it's, it's easy to, um, it's easy to know all that stuff when you're in it and you're, 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 you're putting so much time and effort into it every single day. But your guests, while they love you, are not. It's yeah. just what it is. Yeah. How do we, how do we sort of summarize what we're trying to say here, Dan? Um, I think if you had to like sum it all up, it comes down to just being a great host. Right. Right? What does that mean to you since you're in the thick of this? What does that mean to you? I think it means – well, a lot of the things that we talked about. Deciding on what's most important, focusing on the purpose of the event – Mm-hmm. And and not losing sight of that, 
and I, I think it just comes down to just taking care of, of the people that are there in whatever yeah. way you most naturally do it. Hmm. So I, I guess if I can give you a little bit of a, a story, um, I'm a huge advocate for absolutely just about every couple having a coordinator or a, a wedding manager for their event. Um, yep. In the past, we've definitely called it day of coordination. That term is very quickly heading out the door because it's really not an accurate term for what that role is, is, is truly is. So yeah. I think every couple should have a person, if not a team of persons, that is dedicated to just making sure the event itself goes well. Um, and yes, I get that I'm absolutely biased. But case in point, we had a very small get together at our house this past weekend, which Dan was invited to, but he did not come because he was in Virginia at the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> but there was there was probably like a dozen people at our house and getting ready for it. I am a planner. I had my spreadsheets. I was good up until the first guest arrived. And as soon as that first guest re arrived, my entire list went out the window. Granted, most of it was done, but everything that I still had left to do either took care of itself, one of us eventually did it, or it was suddenly just not as important anymore. All I wanted to do right. was just spend time with my guests and and make sure that they were good and taken care of. And I realized that in prepping it, I was like, okay, I'm going to put these water bottles in this ice bucket. As soon as I see this ice bucket is empty, I will refill this ice bucket with more water bottles. And as <laughs> soon as the party got started, I wasn't even thinking about a nice bucket of, of water bottles. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I did, but... I, I was not even thinking about it. I think Mike ended up refilling it because he's better at that stuff than me when I'm the host. Sorry. Yeah. But I I feel like it's like that. That's the goal, though, is like to like once yes. things get going to not have to like think about it. But that's I feel like that's really hard to do for a lot of people. Like they're they're constantly like that that their brain is just constantly going like my friend this past weekend. Um, he listens to this podcast and you know, I, you know, I worked with him through, uh, a lot of the planning and things. And, you know, he just kind of came to me for advice every once in a while. And it's great. Um, but I, I kept seeing, like I had to remind him, uh, of like, Hey man, just, just, you know, like delegate tasks, tell people what they do. They, people want to help you. Um, especially when you've got this many people there this early, um, you know, once things start going, just focus on, you know, you and your lady. That's it. Like that's, that's what's going to be the most joyous thing or focus on just like throwing down with your guests on the dance floor. Cause I know how important that was to him. Right. Um, and what would you I, rather I, your guests see you doing? Um, mm. setting up your favors on a table over in the corner or getting down on the dance floor and you know, yep. like in the middle of it all, like what do you think your guests would rather you be doing as a couple and as a person getting married that day? Yep. Do you know what I mean? I think yep. that's that's why that's why I'm a huge advocate for having a coordinator because it's you can delegate all that crap to that person and let them deal with it because they're not also yep. worrying about uh, or thinking about, you know, oh, I hope grandma's okay. Well, I guess we are thinking, I hope grandma's okay. But they're not <laughs> focusing on that stuff. They're focusing on all the event stuff so that you can just yep. be super present with your guests. And I think that's how you make it that party for everyone else is is you you participate and you be part of it and you focus on the important stuff that day. Yep. The the tone of the wedding day, the vibe of the wedding day, whatever you want to call it, is 100% set by the couple. Oh my gosh, yeah. I yes. I've seen so we've done a few weddings this summer and it has been a wetter than normal summer with rain. Big oh yeah. 
And I have seen couples handle it beautifully and I have seen couples handle it not as beautifully. And the wedding, the success of the event is obviously the fact that they all got married and that's great. But the mm-hmm. vibes of the wedding were were different for different weddings because the couples that chose to just say, you know what, we got a great plan B, let's roll with it, have a great time. Everybody had a great time and they took that vibe off of the couple. The weddings that did not and chose to have a little bit more stress, which is totally okay and that's their choice and it wasn't that it was a bad thing. But I think looking back on it, I think it could have been a little bit more enjoyable experience for everyone if if they sort of let that go. And I get it, easier said than done, but it's in hindsight, I think they would all prefer to go back and say, it is what it is, let's just have a great time. Yeah, I heard a funny saying about if it rains on your wedding day, like there's all these you know funny sayings, yes. but my I heard one this past weekend that was, um, if it rains on your wedding day, it's all your past boyfriends crying. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought that was silly. That is pretty funny. You know, it, yeah. it, it happens. I, unless you live in a part of a world where it just doesn't rain or have weather, it's it's going to happen. But I think, I guess we're getting off topic now and how we're starting to talk about weather. But it's, you know, it just comes down to remembering your priorities, remembering the why of why all this is happening and yep. just focusing on making it a great event between the two of you and branching out to all the people that you have surrounding you for this really lovely, amazing, joyous occasion. Yeah, and if if now that we've gotten you thinking about bad weather, just go back and check out episode four, which is our bad weather episode. And you can hear about two different couples um, who handled their weddings uh, beautifully. One was that October 29th, 2011 snowstorm that like <laughs> literally knocked out power and thousands of trees and all kinds of stuff. And the other one was Hurricane Irene. Yeah, um, yeah it was it was crazy. So now that we've got you thinking about that, go back, check that out. Um, but yeah, uh, man, I'm so happy to be back for season five. Yes, this is this is good. We've got a lot of really fun things coming up in the docket for this season. I don't think that's the appropriate <laughs> use of that word. I'm really in the mood to speak in my bad English accent today, I think. Maybe I'll just spend the rest of the day doing that and offending people royally. That'll be good. <laughs> Nailed it. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Put a Ring on a Podcast. We love you. And if you haven't yet, please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps us out so much, you guys. You can find the show notes for today's episode at putaringonapodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget, um, connect with us on all of the socials. Yep. I am at DPNAC, D-P-N-A-K, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. And I'm at Daniel Moore Photo on Instagram and Daniel Moore Photography on Facebook and Pinterest. And remember, you can always send us your questions on our website or on the Put a Ring on It podcast Facebook page. We really do our best to answer every single one we get, and we might even include yours in an upcoming episode. Finally, know that you are awesome. And no matter what, remember that your wedding is going to kick butt. Yeah, it is. Bye, guys. <laughs>